1: It's official, first-gen nation. Fall hunting season has finally descended upon most of North America. Tailgates full of pre-plucked and pre-cooked dove jalapeno poppers are loading up social media, and I'm fixing to hit some ground this Saturday. I cannot wait to get the decoys out and start waiting for that flyby. I hope you are able to get yourself out and connect on a few birds and maybe even some small game as well. Today, we are taking a break from our Whitetail series and heading west on a public ground DIY over-the-counter archery elk hunt with a couple of Minnesota boys, Eric Acri and Ben Anderson of Fly True Productions. This is an excellent interview, absolutely chock full of great advice from planning and prepping to having the right attitude for setting up a DIY dream trip to chase elk in the north american elk capital colorado enjoy living the dream of eric and ben for the next hour and a half and start making your own plans while you tune in to episode 17 of the first gen hunter podcast planning a diy public ground elk trip with fly true productions all right guys we got a new special extra special edition i'm brandon i'm just pumped man i'm always pumped going into a show but tonight <laughs> we got something that is a first time for us you want to fill them in
0: yes yeah i mean really excited to talk to eric and ben and you know, just looking forward to them sharing kind of their vision for what they're doing with videography and uh just excited you know for their you know kind of their their upcoming trip and you know just sharing those details so we're just excited to expand on you know what we've been doing here for Shen Hunter and you know kind of getting into some new stuff tonight so really excited to hear these guys story and hopefully all of us are going to learn a lot I know I'm looking forward to learning more and even being a seasoned hunter you know it, there's always facets and that's kind of the thing about hunting and fishing you know Things that you know some of us are really good at certain things, but we don't know about other things, and so it's it's just an awesome opp- opportunity to learn more together, and that's what we're all about here. So, really looking forward to learning from these guys tonight.
1: Yeah, learning, I think, is going to be the key word tonight, and it's kind of a it's kind of a selfish episode, really, because Brandon and I have been talking about at <laughs> some point before we're too old and decrepit, we're going to do an elk trip together. But yeah. um, instead of just diving off into the deep end without knowing what we're we're doing, we're going to use these two guys, Eric and Ben from <laughs> Fly True Productions, as our guinea pigs. So, uh, Eric and Ben, welcome to the show tonight. Yeah, thanks,
2: thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, man. You know, Eric and I, we we have. Uh, I, I honestly consider Eric as a friend now, even though I've never met him in person. Hello, uh, 21st century. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, yeah, the friendships of modern man. And the, the reason that happened was, um, uh, Eric, I think was probably a few steps ahead of me in this content creating side of things. He's had a business a little bit longer than I have, I think, um, which is fly true productions and, and their main focus is video content, him and him and his, uh, partner Ben. And, um, you know, uh, I think I added or not added. See, I'm still getting used to Instagram. You don't add people on, on, uh, Instagram you follow people on Instagram and uh, I think I followed uh, Eric first and he, he followed me right back and sent me sent me a message like hey man thanks for the follow and and uh, you know you know just some nice some nice friendly conversation and you know what really struck me is like man this guy's nice and and so we've talked on and off for a few months now and and uh, got to know each other a little bit and uh, through following Eric. I saw him kind of announce that this September, I want to say September twelfth is when you guys are heading right. out. Is that right? Um, this this September, they're heading west from uh, the the frozen north to uh, <laughs> uh, Colorado to chase after some some uh, elk out out that way. So uh, kind of a
2: well, west
1: yeah yeah, that's right that's right flatlanders go go west yeah and we're going to talk about that (laughs) reality there's it's it's a little bit harder to uh prepare to get into elk shape when you live in uh, the midwest so uh, elevation is going
3: to be tricky (laughs)
1: yes yes for sure so we'll we'll, we'll talk about that but first i want to kind of talk about uh the business that that uh you guys run together fly true productions um it's kind of it's kind of uh cycled around or maybe maybe i shouldn't say cycled but built around um archery right correct and uh so videography mixing that with archery you guys
3: yep yep takes us a lot longer to shoot the range now that's for sure yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. yeah
2: ben gets annoyed with me because i'm mr director all the time so
1: <laughs> no, <but> get, get <laughs> over there that's a little thing. bit better light <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: no that's it takes it takes a picky eye to really get it nailed down so i i understand that but um no so mixing archery with uh videography and and um mixing in the 3d i know you also build arrows which to me that is as as a new bow hunter such as myself that's really cool can you yeah uh,
2: i started doing that about a year ago and just doing it for friends and family mostly
1: yeah that's that's awesome does that make it into your uh into your uh, productions from time to time
2: Yeah, photographs every now and then yeah or i'll yeah. do a story or something
1: yeah that's cool that's cool and uh as as fun as uh the off season stuff is like uh shooting 3D and building arrows we're all here for one reason and that's because we all love hunting. And so uh yep. You guys are up there and, and you know I I really feel that that uh Minnesota is an underrated outdoorsman's state. Paradise. Yeah, just really yeah, really an outdoorsman's paradise. You know, it's just it's kind of underrated Planet some lakes yep you you got you got tons of water um you know some really huge wilderness areas um really diverse species that uh you can hunt um you know down here in in uh my neck of the woods in iowa you know we we're known for having our our uh you know great deer herd but we don't have uh things like black bear hunting and uh, do you guys still have do you guys still have moose hunting up in minnesota? Uh, i
2: think it's a i don't we have elk hunting it's a once in a lifetime tag though but i do not think minnesota has a moose hunt right now
1: okay okay yeah so, i was wondering that i know you guys have a have a moose population don't me
2: but... On that bite, but i i haven't i haven't heard that lately
1: sure so. sure yeah we i think it was uh when we were I can't remember if it made the final cut, Brandon, when we were talking to to garrett fike um he was talking yeah. about uh the the hunting up in North Dakota, and uh that might have been mm-hmm. some some outside the lines conversation there but but um yeah we we kind of talked about how moose have been hurting in much of North america and um in fact he's he said North Dakota i think is the only uh area in the lower 48 that has a growing moose herd yeah and sure um is. and so you know I, there's still i know there's still moose hunts you know again it's kind of like what you're saying with with drawing an elk tag in in minnesota it's like a once in a lifetime you know yep. it, it'll, you know you you had your uh your lucky rabbit's foot with you the day you applied type thing <laughs> but but uh i know that the the moose counts have been hurting out east and so i wouldn't be surprised you know within the next 10 years they they have to pull back on it you know
2: there's been a lot of sightings uh, a lot of people seeing them lately that's for sure
1: yeah sometimes you know that that anecdotal evidence you know hopefully that's that's a sign of good things to come you know that would be that'd be great but we're not here to talk about moose you guys got you guys got those where you're at you want to go out to where the most populous uh elk herd is in the united states i believe is in colorado and yes, and so you guys are you guys are heading out there um how though are you kind of tying in your previous hunting experiences um from minnesota into this hunt out in colorado have you guys mostly hunted uh whitetails or have you uh have you done a pretty diverse range of of hunting up in your home state
2: yeah we're both pretty much whitetail hunters last january we, we both went out to arizona and hunted uh, mule deer spot and stock so that kind of gave us a little bit of experience to uh, what we're going to be doing in september elk hunting so that really helped out
1: yeah yeah that's that's a totally different way of hunting but certainly some some things that you can uh pull over from from your past experiences which you know I think that's almost, I think that's almost more fun in some ways. You know, when you're, when you're taking something that, that you learned in one other way, you know, I think that's probably why so many, uh, so many, uh, whitetail maniacs love turkey hunting because there are some, (laughs) some great similarities there. You know, you're hunting some of the same food. You're, you gotta be, I mean, you're not so worried about scent now as you are sight, but, but, um. You know, yeah, it's 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 kind of fun to to bridge those skills and i think it makes us better hunters honestly so
3: yeah yep. every time you go out you're learning something
1: exactly and if you that's aren't right. you're doing it wrong yeah. right, <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but but um so you guys are doing in september that i believe is i know i think they do some muzzleloader hunting in in um september but you guys are doing a uh An archery hunt correct
2: yeah we're doing over the counter archery yep
1: awesome now um did you guys uh put in years before this to try and draw a more favorable area or is this like your first time uh heading out west
2: this is our first time in colorado neither of us have put in preference points so we just pretty much bought over the counter tags yeah there's
3: lots of land to hunt so why not
1: (laughs) yeah yeah definitely definitely (laughs) So, with with over the counter, um, is that something you guys can purchase online and they mail it to you now? So like you already have the tag in your pocket, or you got them. you got them? Awesome! Yep. Yeah, that's they mailed them.
3: It took it. I don't know, maybe four or five days, and we had them. Yep,
1: that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, you know, since since the, I guess, we'd, what would you say, the advent of buying tags online, I have done a little out-of-state hunting in fact i just got my tags uh for my illinois hunt whitetail hunt oh. in the mail yesterday but um that takes a lot of the anxiety out of it you know because oh, you're driving getting... <laughs> how, how far be. is it like a thousand mile drive for you guys a <laughs> little little more than that maybe
2: 16 hours
1: 16 hours yeah so probably right around that yeah th- that thousand yeah, not
2: a thousand yeah
1: yep mm-hmm. and uh you know just being worried about okay when we get there you know, what if their tag printer is broken, you know? And yep. and what if, you know, we got to waste a day trying to just find a place to print off tags, you know?
3: Yeah, we, went
2: to yeah, we made that mistake when we went out to Arizona mule deer hunting. We had to go to like three different stores to try to get a tag.
1: Oh, <laughs> man.
2: <laughs> You're getting like anxiety. Yep. It's not like Minnesota where you can just go to any gas station and get a tag, you know? They have certain stores right. where you do it there.
1: yeah for sure for sure that's yeah that would be that would be uh anxiety inducing for sure especially after you spend all that money to get out there and uh you'd hate to make that phone call back to your wife you're telling me what
0: (laughs) (laughs) don't come home
1: (laughs) yep yep so no that's awesome that's awesome so uh now do you get i guess i don't know enough about the uh colorado archery tag um i assume that you get one tag per person and it is an either sex tag is that correct yep you yep. so there's there's no there's no you know i'm gonna keep a i'm gonna keep a cow tag in my pocket in case you know i i see that right away and then kind of like what we do for white tail honey we just
2: discussed that we were like if you know if it comes down to the last two days and we see a cow like we'll shoot a cow too so right it works out good that way
1: You know, I, I think that's the way to hunt. You know, I think there's, and maybe I shouldn't say it that way. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell some guy he's wrong if he's only going to hold out for, you know, it's a bull or bust, but I mean, you got that, you got the money sunk in there. You guys are working guys and family makes, makes some sacrifice, you know, to some extent, either through childcare or or um maybe they have to take time off to to be home with the kids or just you know the finances wrapped up and going and stuff and I don't know I think when you can you can bring home that that meat for your family um yeah that that really uh it, nice it, way it's to thank them. yeah yeah exactly it's a nice way to think, and it, and it validates the trip to them you know to yep yeah to to swing and miss swing and miss swing and miss you know and and never have anything to show for it you know i gotta think that it starts to get hard on all parties you know not They're just down, not, yeah not,
3: right you down
1: yep absolutely yeah so that's i think that's a i think that's <laughs> a great attitude to have going into it have you so you guys talked a little bit about you've already hunted arizona have you guys been trying to log any preference points in other Western states to, I don't know, maybe hunt antelope or elk in another place or another mule deer hunt? We've
2: been talking about it. We've been, like, been talking, yeah. We were going to do Montana for sure, try to put in for some points there. We're try to get this one out of the way
3: first and then... Kind of want to, to
2: take Colorado just as our experience, you know, to break the, you know, just get used to it and then maybe apply to other states.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah, I was kind of, I mean, it, it's it's so hard to keep track of it all, and I, I actually been, been talking to another guy uh, through Instagram who specializes in helping uh, out-of-staters through the process of, you know, applying for preference points or putting in for lottery tags in other states, and I'm, I'm kind of hoping to get him on the show at some point and just walk us through that, but there's so much to keep track of between the different states, you know, and, and,
3: um, are crazy. Just, you know, yeah, those preference points lose me even trying to read them out of the book. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep. Yep. For sure. Um, Brandon and I we're planning, uh, we're, we're trying to make our schedules work to, to get a, uh, out of state hunt together for whitetails this year. And, you know, we're kind of just, we're, we're basically doing what you guys are doing, just heading for those OTC states and, yep. uh, yep. and trying to, trying to get throw on some, a dart pub- at the map. <laughs> yep you yep, have throw a dart at the map, you know, and, and try and get, <laughs> trying to get something to work that, that, uh, will be, will be good for, for both of us. But yeah, that's, that's a big part of it. You know, I, I've been thinking I need to start putting in for some of those preference points in these, these, uh, Western States and, you know, if nothing else, just sit on my points every year and, and, uh, keep building them up. And, yep. Yep. And and uh said,
3: I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I just <laughs> I just hit That is the truth.
1: I just rolled over, over to to oh, th- thirty one.
3: Well, you still
1: can. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and uh yeah, you know those pack outs, oh man, that, that'll be that'll be uh but at the same time you know i'll be i'll basically be levitating if i ever get an elk on the ground so yeah so, right,
3: uh, right right exactly <laughs> <laughs> i think work for <laughs> yep, yep
1: yep for sure so well um how does your so you're doing an archery hunt now again first gen hunter name of the name of the show obviously i'm i'm Pretty new to hunting you know this will be my sixth season of hunting my I I went out and did a little bow hunting last year mostly to try and back clean up on this this uh Iowa monster I wounded during muzzleloader season um but but um you know I'm kind of starting to get the feel of of archery to some extent and and uh there's still so much I gotta learn though so much I gotta learn you know this the last few days I was you guys would just laugh at me, probably. You, you all you experienced uh, archery guys. I was trying to shoot a video for for the first gen hunter YouTube channel on how to sight in a bow, which I get. I understand how to do all that. But I was like, all right, so take some uh, painters tape and you make yourself like a nice cross on your target, so that way you can set your uh, your uh, vertical adjustment and your horizontal adjustment based on that cross. And I, you know, I explained all that, and then. I I don't even shoot at the cross. I just start shooting at the bullseye for the whole rest of the video. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't realize it until after I had shot all this footage. And so I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go back and, and, and adjust it. But all that to say, I'm an archery noob and I know that there's, you know, when you're hunting whitetails, usually, and of course, it's not the same for everybody. Again, Garrett Fike, a guy that Brandon and I have had on the show um, before, who's a long-time bow hunter. He's actually used 125 grain uh, broadheads for whitetails in years past. But um, and, and there's other guys like that. But I, I would say that, from my understanding, most guys are using 100 grain um, broadheads, uh but yep. I got to think that that's not that's probably not enough to get through that thick hide those bigger bones and no, uh, I, shot,
2: I shot uh 100 grains my whole archery career and this year I actually am at the 135s right now I switched to elk for elk so
1: Okay yeah wow. going with a
2: heavier setup
1: now will yeah. you just because you don't want to have to keep tweaking your sight and everything once you get back to Minnesota and you're you're chasing whitetails are do you think you're just going to leave it at that yep, absolutely okay absolutely. okay that's a good tip right there you know coming from an experienced yeah. archery guy he's sometimes simpler just just simplifying life is the is the way to go you know and yep
2: and i know yeah. a lot of guys yeah. have shot elk with hundred grain heads but you know that's fine but i just wanted to switch to a you know a fixed blade heavy head in case you know you got the bone thing going on you need to get through bone whatever just less room for error yeah. that way
1: yeah yeah definitely that's a that's a that's a good tip and no pun intended and uh um <laughs> uh, the the thing I, that i also want to know about is are your arrows going to be a little bit heavier are you going to have like a stiffer spine on them yep i was at a 340
2: spine now i'm shooting 300s this year
1: okay okay,
3: Got okay. A, big thick saplings for us to shoot <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: man yeah that's so fair. and then what's your uh what are you setting your poundage at for your bow are you are you dialing that up at all or are you keeping that what you No,
2: i shoot 65 pounds i'm pretty sure ben's the same
3: yeah so i think it's around 63
1: okay okay yeah that's that's more uh, than enough yeah
2: yeah. i I was shooting at 70 but you know my my shoulder gets so tired after shooting 10 15 yeah. arrows it's just not really yeah. enjoyable so i like a 65 pound bow you can just shoot all day long
1: yeah you know yeah. i've been yeah. i've been going through that whole process here lately you know maybe it's just a sign of my my coming old age you know i'm i'm uh I got a 3 on the front of my age now and and uh, uh, not that that's old but I'm not I'm not the 20 you know 20 year old college football player anymore where you know you're it, still in your yeah yeah Prime. And, oh. and and uh oh. I'm I'm uh thinking you know back in those days it was all like Oh, you know that's heavy. That's no problem. You know, I'll, I'll I'll force through that and everything. And you know, you get you buy like a a cheap gun that kicks like a horse. and You're like, yeah, it's no problem. I'll just you know, I can I can tough it out. And it's like you're saying, you know, yeah, sure, I can draw a seventy pound bow. In fact, last year I borrowed a friend's bow, and his was dialed up to eighty. You know, oh wow, and, and that was yep. pulling drawing that bow was like. Felt like my shoulders are gonna rip right off the side of my body, you know. It's like and it's like yeah. you, know, yeah. you know, just because you can do some of these things, like you're saying, yeah, sixty-five is plenty. And if you're comfortable there and you're gonna practice more because because you're comfortable there, by all means just shoot yeah. sixty-five, you know, and yeah. And uh same thing with a gun, you know, you don't have to have this giant cannon. Have something that you're it's gonna be comfortable enough to practice with and you can you can yeah. get proficient with instead of um you know just just flinching at every shot and not to yep. mention what it does to your form especially with a bow you know when yep. you,
0: yeah that's why do you guys every day. <laughs> yeah well i, I was going to ask do, do you guys have you guys found like are you trying to expand your effective range you know you have any like practice tips for you know the, the terrain um with colorado or what have you guys found to you know be doing on that side of things
3: i went and got one of those little uh one third scale Reinhardt elk targets. And we've been bopping it around and uphill down. Nice. Trying at those 60 yard shots. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable actually shooting an animal that far, but
2: we got to find a different yeah. location to uh, get our hundred yard shots dialed. And like we, he said, we would never shoot at an animal at a hundred yards, even past 60, but sure.
0: just for follow-up shots, you got to practice.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great point
0: and you know too when you when you start practicing those longer ranges it really helps you feel super comfortable 30 40 yards or so you know when you're you know when you can feel even somewhat comfortable doing follow-up shots like that you know all of a sudden you, you see a 30 or 40 yard shot it, that kind of feels really close compared to yeah. me speaking which kind of which is kind of nice
1: it does yes that is correct
0: yeah that's great
1: yeah that's that, that's two really great points there you know of course everybody wants to have you know that 30 yard or in shot for their, their first shot mm-hmm. with a bow. But I really like what, what both Eric and Brandon said there with what if one clearly isn't going to be enough, you know, you mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. can, if you can sneak that other one in there at, you know, kind of what Ben was saying, 60 to maybe even a hundred yards and, and slow that animal down enough to either that's it for him. You know, he, he's done then with two arrows in him, or you can catch up and finish him off
2: yep you, you see Brown, you keep flinging. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I think this is, I think this is, yeah. I mean, I think this is one area where many times bow hunters, you know, it's very easy to be in a comfort zone. You know, you're out in your backyard, you know, 20, 30 yards, I'm good. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of like the really the essence of even going out to a, another state or, or trying a different type of hunting, you know, you're expanding your horizons, you know, why not? put a target out there at 50 yards. Yeah. And maybe you're not going to take, you know, maybe that's, you know, you, you know, yourself and maybe your equipment, that's not going to be an ethical shot in terms of a first shot, but if you're expanding your horizons a little bit, you're giving yourself more comfort level at those closer ranges, you know, so sometimes it's just about expanding your horizon a little bit and trying something that maybe you wouldn't have originally considered. And then, you know, it can expand your ability a little bit. Yep. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. You guys are, are doing that.
2: Yep. Absolutely. But yeah, great. like you said, really I like great. To, you know, try to take the most ethical shot we can. You know, I don't like yes. to shoot anything over forty yards. That's my preference. But
0: Yep. Yeah. Nope. yeah. Man, that's great. That's I mean, that's cool too that you're that you're tailoring, you know, your your practice for the terrain because I mean that's such a big difference. You know, when you're Oh yeah, I mean, I mean your uphill shots, is, your angle is gonna oh be goodness. Totally off. Oh man, I can't even imagine. I mean, out here in Delaware, I mean, literally the 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 highest point above sea level in Del- in, in the county that I'm in is no joke. Probably like 20 feet. Oh, uh, nope. <laughs> I mean, it's it's that <laughs> flat, you know. So <laughs> I'd have to have a target in the, I'd have to have a target in the trees just to be you know practicing you know some <laughs> some of the some of the uphill shots. I mean, it's pretty cool that you guys Moment are on you're, you're building. practicing that. You're right, exactly. Seriously, I was standing on top of my house or something, you know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so, have you guys been? We've we've talked about how you've added the extra, you know, angles and and range to your your practice. Have you been working on like a almost a a speed draw from you know from getting an arrow out of your quiver so you can get that follow up just uh just to try and. um you know, get that, get that finishing shot off if you need to.
2: Yeah. And, you know, whitetail hunting really helps with that. Like I shot a couple deer last year and after, you know, I made the shot, I always knocked an arrow right away, you know, no matter what, that's just my, that's my routine. So I guess we kind yeah. of have practiced that already, but yeah, we still try to be efficient and try to get that arrow on as quick as we can. Slow and steady, steady, yeah. fast.
1: <laughs> yep. That's, mm. that's right. I like that. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Awesome. So <laughs> Are you guys having to take off like I'm guessing at least a week of work to make this trip happen just because of drive time and everything? Or are you guys? Yeah, you know, we'll like be a, gone
2: ten days. About
1: that's yeah that that seems about the right amount of time. You know, once you hit that two week, unless you just have like a ton of vacation time, you know, it starts to starts to kind of mess with the family stuff a little bit. You know, I, I know at least Eric's yep. a family guy. He's got you, you have you have you have one kid. I got two. Two little boys. Two little boys, yep, yep. So Brandon Brandon has a couple of kids. I got a couple of kids. Ben, you have a family. Negative. Oh, so,
3: <laughs>
1: so so Ben, man, he, he he might be like, you know what, Eric, go ahead and head back. I'm gonna I'm gonna be yeah. I'm gonna be uh I don't work. No, I'm sure you gotta get back to work too at some point. You don't wanna you don't wanna spend all your vacation time in, in one One shot, but yeah, I think 10 days, you know, I bring that up because I think people, when they're planning these trips, they probably kind of wonder what is a realistic amount of time that I need to set aside to do this. And the thing I I think we all forget about is it just takes a while to travel there. You know, when you're going from way out of state and and a lot of that time is not going to be hunting, but it could be spent doing some productive stuff that, that could improve your hunt, you know? So yeah just kind of going over those scenarios you know and and one of those scenarios i want to talk about in a little bit here is uh who gets to who gets to shoot first but but we'll uh we'll uh <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that here in a minute because i think another thing that along with planning the the duration of the the trip is what about the meat, you know hope hopefully both of you guys will tag out, and you'll have this huge pile of meat the that you got to get home. That. But I mean, if it if it's a ten day trip, and
3: to bring uh, the Kenny and whatnot in the freezer, but I think we're just gonna load up uh, four or five Yetis and ice them up when we get there.
1: Awesome, there you go. yeah, that's that's revolutionized backcountry hunting for 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 hunters. You know the the those super really kind of over engineered coolers that that um can just hold ice for so long because it there's almost there's almost it's kinda like when your power goes out, you know. Here in Iowa we just had a enormous storm that tried to wipe us off of the face of the earth. Um <laughs> Cedar Rapids, Iowa had wind speeds clocked at 140 miles an hour which is just insane you know that's that's category three hurricane weather for you uh for you uh ocean dwellers brandon but um, <laughs> we don't get stuff like that here in the midwest you know and uh anyways power is out everywhere and one of the first things as a hunter you think of is what about the venison <laughs> you know you're like you're like <laughs> doing whatever it takes to come get get a generator to keep all your uh, meat cool and 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 fresh but
2: august because then you're pretty you're probably getting where you're almost out that's
1: right that's right that's true i'm I'm getting pretty low on the on the venison stockpile so but but it's kind of the same situation you know you you um let's say eric tags out you know day two and you guys just don't get into elk again until day nine when ben tags out you know you're probably in the back of your mind just kinda thinking, All right, hope the meat's okay, hope the meat's okay. But those Yetis, man, they I had one for a while and I just wasn't doing I wasn't doing any of my outdoor stuff that I'd planned to, so I ended up trading it with some cash for a four wheeler. There you go. Uh they they really they really make a big difference. So I guess you'll probably have to do if that if that kind of situation happens, you'll probably have to pack that one out, right? get in get yep. it all deboned probably on site pack it up yep and then are you guys i assume you guys have probably already purchased uh game bags and everything uh to...
2: yep yep
1: do you have any tips on that because those can be pretty pricey was there something you guys were able to come across that that made you know, that more reasonable
2: we just talked about that i just purchased some myself we were going to go with the caribou game bags but yeah like you know 100 bucks for four of them so we just went to our local store here and I got the hunting made easy ones I think they were like 9 bucks for four of them so Oh wow. I think they'll do the job okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, as long as you can nice. just just keep the as much of the bacteria and the insects off of them and stuff, you know, that's yep. that's really all they're there for so that's great. That's a good tip too.
2: Not- Caribou at all i'm sure they make great game bags but we just you know kind of on a budget so yep you know, you gotta
3: spend yeah.
1: Yeah. other places <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right you don't want to spend all your money on game bags and not have enough gas to get home so yeah. that's yeah. that's uh that's that's a good tip though you know you don't you don't always have to just dive right in for the most expensive option if you can afford it go for it by all means but but um You know, if you're a, if you're a regular everyday guy who just doesn't have that kind of money, you know, always look for that cheaper option. I've even heard, um, Steve Rinella say that I think I was on an episode of meat eater. Um, he, or maybe it was in his book actually. Um, he used to use, uh, I think it was pillowcases that I've heard that
2: too. Yep. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, you know, just, uh, just a little bit of ingenuity and looking around, shopping around and, you know a trip like what you guys are doing which is a financial undertaking becomes much more yeah. much more i guess financially reasonable and maybe even you know you're talking if you're a family guy financially responsible because we don't want to we don't want to be chasing our dreams and and you know cutting off our family at home so that's yeah absolutely. that's a that's a good tip you guys had there so how are you guys, uh, practicing though, for those big pack outs? Are you guys, I have been seeing on Instagram, Eric's been doing a lot of working out. Um, yeah,
2: every day <laughs> I go to the gym seven days
1: a week and do, I do about 35 miles of cardio a, a week. So. Wow. That's wow. That's awesome. So, that's man. <laughs> so are you doing, uh, are you doing like any, uh, uh weighted hikes or anything like that?
2: Yeah, I do the. Uh, well, there's not a lot of trails in our town where we live. There is, but they're pretty mild. Not a lot of hills. So what sure. I do is I go to the gym, put about sixty pounds in my pack, and I go on the stairmaster, and that's that's pretty much equivalent to going up a pretty steep grade.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's, that's a,
0: awesome. Yeah,
1: that's another great tip because that's a hurdle for people in the Midwest. You know, how do you re, how yeah. do you recreate that that situation? And you know, of course. The best way to do it, I'm sure, is to to you know go to go to Colorado and do all your training. But again, not realistic, you know, because yep, yep. you know there's going to be loose gravel. There's going to be deadfall. You always hear guys talk about that in the mountains, climbing over deadfall and and stuff like I look that. To that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's good, man. That's right, right. And well and uh, you know, just having having that foresight to to see the challenge and you know we've mostly been talking about preparing you know with your your equipment and your you know just financially even but you got to prepare physically for for a trip like this this isn't just something you can go into cold turkey and and uh, no it's a
2: it's a very big deal <laughs> walk right your, you know, sit there all day you walk out and go home you know we're in the back country for three four days at a time so you know any wrong step you can be in big trouble so
1: right right and speaking yeah. of that do you guys have kind of a strategy set up for you know let's say somebody twists an ankle or or um uh you know maybe uh cuts himself pretty bad or something i mean it's you guys i'm assuming are gonna be pretty far away from help so do you guys yep. have, any, have any tips for for uh people planning for that side of things
2: well what we kind of did was we totally revamped our first aid kits like usually you get a first aid kit on amazon and they have everything you don't need <laughs> So yeah, yeah, right. I did a lot of research and what guys say, you know, when they're in Colorado or any out west state backcountry hunting, is they like, you know, do a lot of game bags because you can use those as bandages, uh, tourniquets are extremely important, stuff
0: like that.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's definitely. Bad.
0: Yep. Yep. Sounds well, like. It's, and it's okay. interesting because you know many times we you know we've talked a lot about preparation, you know, when it comes to hunting, fishing, the outdoors. But you know when you're t- undertaking a trip like this where you're you're you really are way out there, that's a different type of preparation that really even even if you're not necessarily going way out, you know you ought to have it in mind in terms of hey, does someone know where I'm at? you know I know there's places that I hunt in Delaware that you know i don't I don't really have signal, and if i don't if no one really knows that I'm out there, man and i fall out of a a stand or or something you know anything happens i could be in some real trouble and so i mean it's a i think a good reminder for everyone to really consider those ramifications let alone when you're going on a big trip like this to really be prepared on that side of things
2: yep i let i let a family member know i give them like a coordinate where we're going to be and ben does the same thing so we always have two family members
3: that know where we are and we both have gps so they got the sos on them so if something really bad happens
1: Right. No, that's, that's, that's responsible, honestly, you know, nothing. I think yeah. it was Brandon Jeremiah Haas. He was talking about as much as we, we love those animals. None of them are worth more than our lives. So our, our family, yeah, that's right. our family wants us home. We want to see them again. And, and, uh, we got to take care of the, you know, it might not be a pleasant side of the homework, but we definitely got to, we got to invest some time and thought into that and even some money to uh making sure that that we're set up for for the worst that'd be safety 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 yep your blood gets
3: and it's hard to focus
1: yeah that's a good point so do you guys um along with that are you guys kind of i mean colorado you're in the mountains um Weather can be kind of unpredictable. Have you guys had, to, is that kind of part of your uh, your safety plan as well? Just making sure you have all the right rain gear, cold weather gear, warm weather gear. Is, is that kind of hard to sort all that out and plan for?
2: It can be. Uh, what we do is we usually just do warm weather, cold weather, and then we each have an emergency poncho in case we get downpoured on sure i try to pack as light as i can so i really don't like carrying rain gear in my pack it takes up a lot of space and half the time you don't need it so a poncho has worked good for both of us
1: yeah another good nope. tip another good tip
3: they are light
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and they're light and, and weight matters when
3: you're
1: <laughs> yep yep so all right well once you're on the ground so you guys have done your 16 hour drive um you uh you make it to uh Colorado and you already got your tags as you said you ordered them online they've already come in through the mail so you don't have to mess with that I assume you guys are probably just gonna drive right to the trailhead is that is that kind of Correct. the plan yep and yep. then do you guys have a guide out there that you're gonna meet with or is it is it just no it, it's
2: it
0: just, just me and ben
1: okay okay yeah that's that's an adventure awesome. man that's awesome that's a that's a that's a big undertaking that's really cool
0: it
3: is
1: (laughs) and uh so are you guys basically just going to be hitting the ground immediately you know you're going to be hiking to uh i guess for lack of a better term base camp for night one or are you guys are you guys basically hiking with a bow in hand because you're planning to be into elk country pretty much immediately
2: well, what we're going to do, you know, since we have such a limited time, I know 10 days is kind of the standard, but when we get there, we're going to set up a uh, camp right at the truck. So we get a good night's sleep, have a good meal. And then the next morning we're going to hike in depending on like, if there's a lot of horseback people or, you know, other hunting pressure, yeah. we'll go in, you know, as far as we need to, depending on the pressure. So probably three,
3: yeah. four miles off trail.
1: Sure.
2: It could be
3: right in the parking lot though too, yep. who knows?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's very true you gotta
3: go 10 miles in sometimes you know
1: Yep. right it's kind of wow. like it's kind of like fishing you know you just take it always just seems natural to just like take off from the dock for about two hours and then uh all right this looks like a good spot it's like what about all the fish in between here and there but, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> so uh yeah yeah
2: we'll be doing camp on our back bow in hand most of the time
1: yeah that's that's awesome that's man that's an adventure getting me, you're getting me uh, a little bit envious here, man. <laughs> That's uh, uh, now. Are you
0: guys expecting, like, are you guys expecting a fair amount of pressure? Like in, in terms of trailhead, you know, in terms of that area, area what, what's the expectation there? Um, we really don't have an expectation there from what
2: I've seen online. A lot of guys, you know, it's Colorado, they have, they're a big over the counter state with elk. So,
1: you know, trailheads, there's
2: going to be hunters and, you know, we don't want that to discourage us if we pull in and there's, you know, 10 trucks sitting there.
1: So, yep. Yeah. That's a, that's That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the attitude to have, you know, when you can get, sometimes we can get so focused on, on everyone around us, you know, what's, what's the next guy doing that, you know it's like like you guys kind of just said what if the what if the elk are right there you know (laughs) what? how do we yeah how do we how do we we can't we can't let the elk beat us before we get there can't let the deer beat us before we get there can't let the turkeys beat us before we get there just just go and do what Mm -hmm. you've learned how to do and and you know stick to your plan as best as possible and adapt and and um good things will happen if you're if you're persistent. So I think that's you guys you guys yeah. have the right attitude. So a lot of camping, huh? Are you guys uh
3: are
1: you going to kind of try and almost as best you can, of course, you know you're you're limited by the boundaries to to um this public land, but are you going to kind of like use the truck as a hub and kind of go off in different directions on different days? and spend and spend it's and i assume that's in case a something bad happens we we can get to the truck in a reasonable amount of time and b if somebody shoots something we want to be able to get it on ice is that correct
2: yeah and not only that like if we don't hear bugles like we only have a short amount of time to you know try to make this a success if we don't hear bugles or see elk or any sign you know we're gonna move we got to be mobile
1: yeah that's a great point that's a great point yeah man you guys have really thought this out this is this is uh this is great stuff you know, for because I, I am that guy right now i am that guy who has no huh? idea what he's doing and i need to i need to hear it no <laughs> and i need to hear it so that i can do it so this is this is uh this is really good stuff so kind of just went outside your comfort zone type of thing and just you just got to do
2: it anyone can do it you yeah. know
1: yeah that's yeah, well said. That's how we grow. That's how we grow. Get out of that comfort yeah. zone. Try new things. See how we can see how we perform in new new uh, circumstances when the rules change a little bit and the the tar- yes. the targets well, are gonna, a little bit bigger.
0: Gonna ask, well, I was going to ask too. Are you guys you know uh, using any sort of technology to reference to? Um, you know, any apps or anything like when you're out there in terms of, you know, relocating the the vehicle, you know, different things like that, setting up different spots, you know, what, what are you guys thinking on that side of things? Use any technology?
1: Don't wait to study until the night before. Floss each day before you brush your teeth. Use super glue to keep your scope and rail bolts set. Yep, all of these are good pieces of advice that often go unfollowed. In fact, I'm guilty of all three. But not for long. I recently sold my slug gun to a co-worker who hunts in Illinois. When I was checking out the gun one last time, I noticed something. One of my ring mounts was nearly completely loosened from its grip on the Picatinny rail. Yeah, all the headaches you may have seen in the vlog. Yeah, yeah. Thought it was the heat on the barrel no my scope was like hanging by a thread the rail itself also had a slight wobble to it then the sagely advice from my shooting mentor kevin started to ring in my head use a little super glue to keep your bolts set once you get your scope positioned on your gun i knew it was good advice when i heard it but i also knew i could torque those bolts down into submission permanently fixed right Boy, was I wrong that's your tip people when you are ready to set your rail up dab those screws with a little super glue when you pull that gun out of the case double-check the ring bolts to make sure they are still tight when you go to put it back in the case after shooting yep check it again these literal fluid ounces of prevention will absolutely pay off with pounds of cure take the time to get the little things right And the big things will take care of themselves. Now, back to part two of the show.
3: The Onyx is key, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lightsaber yeah ben's my well, onyx guy for sure <laughs> property lines, nice. line where you can hunt if you can hunt there yes we've never been there so you need it
1: yeah definitely yeah, ben, yeah.
2: ben does a lot of the onyx and i like to use google earth just to kind of see the 3d image of the topography you know see yeah. how steep stuff is what you know what kind of sure vegetation you know blowdown, whatever yes
3: I yes. tell him he can do that on Onyx, but he doesn't like to. <laughs> well,
0: it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, we all have our own preferences and everything. And even thinking of those first-gen hunters who, hey, maybe they're, maybe, yeah, maybe they're a few years removed from going out and doing something like that. But they're thinking, man, you know, I want to get out and, and get involved in some state land. You know, maybe I don't have private land to hunt, um, but, you know, maybe I want to get involved in some state land. Or maybe I want to start contacting some landowners that you know and i know some of these apps give you the ability to even you know find out who the landowner would be you know get their phone possibly, number yeah. yeah yeah i mean so it's really you know some of that technology is super simple to use and are great tips for the new hunters out there that are trying to you know when you're trying to get into it i mean the biggest barriers are man do I know someone who is into it that can help me? And number two, where am I going to go? You know, so being able to kind of pair those two things together. And I mean, I just think of you guys, I mean, you guys are going out together, obviously that, that brotherhood that you guys have, the the camaraderie, I mean, just the protection in a group, you know, and that type of thing, I mean, it's just awesome to be able to share together. And I mean, you know, so it's it's kind of cool that you guys are utilizing that, you you know, kind of brotherhood plus technology to just, hopefully go out there and have a really successful hunt. And I think there's a lot of real great, just very easy practical tips for, you know, all of us are, you know, in the technological age, man, you pull up an app, you can find, you know, where the property borders are, where the public land is, who to even contact to, you know, get some property potentially. So, I mean, pretty cool that all of that is at, you know, a first gen hunter's fingertips, literally, to be able to, to, you know, have access
3: to that stuff. So many resources out there now. Yeah. 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 You don't have to pull over Ten pounds of maps anymore?
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> but it's,
3: you know, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned the Google, the Google Map.
0: Though it, there is something cool, whether it's you know Onyx or whether it's Hunt Stand or whether it's Google Earth. You know, it's it is fun being able to use the technology to look at maps. Because I mean, I tell you, it's something. There's something really cool about just porn over. You know, the, you know whether it's a phone, whether it's a computer, whatever. porn over those maps looking at those top, you know, topographical, you know, type things. I mean, it's, it, there's something just fun about the anticipation of looking over that stuff, you know?
2: Absolutely. And it's pretty darn accurate
0: too. <laughs> yeah. <Yes>.
1: Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> right, right. sometimes if you can uh, find like uh, some, some areas you can almost like see deer trails, you know what I mean? And, and uh, yeah. I don't know if you could quite pick up like a bedding area just cause it matters the time of year when they're, when they're uh, shooting their, their imagery but but um yeah that the the level of detail and that stuff can be so so useful but you know one other thing that i wanted to that's a huge part of elk hunting that i want to make sure we cover here is calling um sure that's that's a skill you know knowing how to knowing how to call elk in is is a real skill and um you guys are from minnesota so Unless you've been really deliberate with your practicing, it probably wasn't something that you've uh, you grew up doing. So no. you kind of
2: We started planning this trip a couple of years ago. We just bought a few diaphragms, and him and I practice in the car every day. That's kind of how we got awesome. used to it, and working on our bugles and chuckles. And I actually took Corey Jacobson's uh, Elk 101 online course about calling strategies, and that was uh, that was invaluable to me. Really good, really good nice. resource
1: man that is you guys you guys have thought of every every little detail that is great you know that's and the the way that that sets you ahead and i like how you mentioned that you both are doing it because Mm -hmm. my my elk hunting experience is watching it on tv but one thing i always notice is it seems like there's Pretty much down to it's down to one guy in the group that's hunting that knows how to do the calling, and it sure. would be real hard to be responsible for for both right holding the gun and doing the doing the yep. effective calling. So I think that's in awesome officer, that you both day, are learning it.
2: Calling is going to be cameraman too, so it, it, yeah. got a lot going on.
1: <laughs> that's right, you still, you got all that <laughs> that all that side of it too. So yep. that's. Yeah, that's really that's really awesome. You guys have, have even uh thought through that detail. So um you got the you got the calling down, um so you're you're using the diaphragm calls. Um how are you guys going to um how are you guys gonna project those calls? Are, they, are you gonna use like a is there is there a specific kind of tube that you're using or or um you gonna call through your hands or or what what's no, the we plan for that?
2: Bugle I use a uh Phelps bugle tube and Ben uses a Rocky Mountain Bugle tube. So
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Been in
2: the neighbors for months. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, the neighbors love us.
1: <laughs> just tell them that it's one of those uh rare uh rare Minnesota Minnesotan elk that are just wandering the street. <laughs> Spread the DNR
2: I haven't showed up looking for them. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's, that's so cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm a teacher and I'm actually a, a high school biology teacher. And so one of our, one of the units that we cover is, um, over like, uh, uh, wildlife and plant life, uh, phys, physical or physiological adaptations. And, uh, one of the times, uh, one of these years when I'm teaching that unit, I want to, I want to learn how to call elk and come in with a big old bugling tube and just like blast that throughout the school just so everyone would <laughs> be like what is going on <laughs> yeah. but uh
2: no it's an art form it takes a lot of practice like i didn't even know how to blow into one at first but oh, yeah. it really t- tires
3: out the side of my mouth yeah. too it's uh... you locked you off from it <laughs> as white as whitetail hunters we
2: used to you know doing a grunt tube where you actually blow into it in a diaphragm you got to use your yeah. diaphragm that took
1: a lot of getting used to. Yeah, it's probably almost right. like like right, right, right. playing a musical instrument. I mean, you yep. just gotta you gotta learn yeah. all the the technique that that goes into that. So that's awesome. Well, one more thing that I almost forgot that. So we're kind of shifting gears here in a big way. So you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna jinx your trip here, but let's 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 hope that both you guys tag out. And um, I know in Iowa, if you're gonna bring game meat specifically a cervid so a, a you know a species that can uh carry and suffer from chronic wasting disease if you're going to carry a you know so we're talking deer elk and moose really if you're going to bring that in from another state it has to be deboned and uh i think you know if it's like a if you you know say you shoot a buck deer or a uh, or in this case a, a bull elk um, I think the head has to be like either boiled and, you know, all the, all the brain matter yep. removed. Yep. I assume Minnesota has a similar law because chronic you, wasting diseases yep. is, is, uh, obviously a horrible thing. So do you guys have to have like a taxidermist already kind of figured out for out there in case you do, uh, uh, stick a bowl or.
3: Well we're not sure where we're gonna be or anything really jumping around, so we haven't nailed one specific one down
1: mm-hmm. yep mm.
3: and you know it just depends on the bowl you know if I
2: shoot a six by six, I definitely want to get a mount, but you know I'd be happy with just a European mount too,
1: sure so and again, that's that's the yeah. mo- the money side of it, you know that's the you got yep, yep, to for right, right. So that's all stuff that I'm sure you guys have thought through, but definitely, uh, if you're listening in and you're thinking of this hunt, you know, that's a whole nother level of, of planning. And again, going back to the episode 14 with Jeremiah Haas, he talked about that with even just hunting, um, on a state boundary, you know, hunting whitetails between Illinois and, and Iowa, like he does. Well, if you're, he, like he hunts the Illinois side of the channel, but he parks his truck, with a, he hunts a uh, river islands in the Mississippi River, and he uh, parks his truck on the Iowa side just because there's a better boat ramp close by to where he wants to hunt. So sure. he has to, he can't bring that deer back to the Iowa side because of the CWD law. So he has to boat all the way down to the nearest Illinois ramp that's safe enough to where he can leave the deer, so it's not going to get stolen, and. Um, boat all the way back, load up his boat, then drive all the way over there. There can be a lot of extra steps to your planning that have to go in into this. You know, I've, I've hunted Missouri in the past out of state and it was the same deal. You know, we, we, our group, uh, we, we got a couple deer and we had to debone them. We had, you know, you have to budget that time into your in your case, you know your ten day trip in my case, it was like a three day trip. you know there's gotta yep. be time to take care of the important stuff like that just to stay legal, so it's a huge part of the planning process that that uh can't be forgotten about.
2: yep, but, meat yep. care is number one for us for sure,
1: yep, yep, yep that's why that's why we do it for the for the groceries for sure the yep. the antlers are just the nice uh cherry on top, so
2: if i can feed my family a whole one that's why i do it to feed my family for an entire winter and i don't like to buy meat at the grocery store i just don't prefer
1: it so yeah no yeah. that's i i fully agree you i uh, you're you're spot on there that's for sure it doesn't get <laughs> it doesn't get any better than than that wild uh free range uh uh game so yep. well uh let's uh let's talk a little bit more here we've we've kind of hinted around it a little bit um Obviously, you know, we talked about with the archery equipment, we talked about with your Yetis that you're bringing up there, but gear, I'm, you know, the gear you need to survive the freezing temperatures of Minnesota during deer season is probably a whole lot different than chasing elk in Colorado in September. So did you guys have to kind of totally re, I guess restock your your hunting gear in certain ways to to fit for this trip
2: yes uh it took us about two years to purchase everything like we've had this trip planned for about two years now so we both said you know let's buy some good equipment and yeah it took a long time for us to get everything that's for sure
1: yeah yeah i imagine so so hiking is going to be such a huge part of this All right. yes I imagine you guys have put a pretty big priority on your footwear. Yes. Do you have any, do you have any recommendations there for,
2: um, I'm running Merrell's this year. Um, they're about 200 bucks. Uh, they're, they're awesome boots. They got the Gore-Tex in them and they're, I love them cause they're very affordable and they work great, great ankle support. So I'm very happy with them.
3: Yep. They're a nice boot.
1: Yep. Are you, are you, uh, using the same thing, Ben, or are you, you go on a different route?
3: um you know <laughs> they're working for eric so <laughs> yeah no that's yeah
1: that that's why we have recommendations right that's why we have the the old uh, four and five star ratings on amazon
3: <laughs> yep, <laughs> absolutely.
1: so that's well that's good and then are you guys going to do trekking poles do you think or because you're going to want to be able to get to your bow quick enough um... yep,
2: especially when we're hauling meat out you got to have those trekking poles okay
1: Sorry. good tip good tip
3: you really save your feet that's for sure
1: <laughs> Yep. <Yeah. laughs> it probably puts a, probably helps take a little bit of pressure off your lower back too because you can kind of lean forward a little bit and you know that's another thing you know we joke about getting older and stuff um there's guys that can really kind of permanently mess their back up from packing out elk and and not using you know good lifting technique a lot of that stuff translates back to the weight room really you know just that good having that good spine alignment and and good good yep good form good base under you just like if you're doing deadlifts or squats you know you want to you want to make sure that you're taking care of your back because yep i work on my core every single day that's the most important thing for hauling out meat so yeah that's a that's another good tip there so man there's so much here for for midwestern hunters that this is this is a really good this is a really good interview um (laughs) your backpacks that's another big part of it um i don't know much about so i've done i've done a fair amount of backpacking, but not like hunting backpacking you know so in other words, my backpack is is built to carry a sleeping bag, maybe some fishing gear, some change of clothes, maybe a towel or something you know and and it's a full frame pack and you know we pack and food of course we pack you know seventy seventy pound packs up into the you know montana bush and and do some trout fishing and stuff but you got to have a pack that's built to carry some big elk quarters what did what did you guys do, do for that i run a tenting tz4000
2: and uh, it has a meat shelf in it and can carry a whole elk uh, back ham in it so it's been a great pack nice.
1: so with those meat hauling packs do they have so you talked about the meat shelf but is there, a, is there a way to like kind of pull those apart almost so that you can you can clean them out well afterwards?
2: Yep. And that's another thing like I've looked at with, you know, putting a game bag full of meat, you know, in your meat shelf. You don't want to get blood and everything all over your bag. So what we do is carry a garbage bag with us to put over the okay, uh, game bag yeah. until we get to where we want to hang it. So that keeps your pack from getting all nasty, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's a good tip. Um. Keep the cougars at bay. Yep. Right. Right. Is there is there a way to <laughs> right. is there a way to kind of strip down that pack as well to like minimize some of the extra weight for you know so let's yeah. say you got like well, two pack outs take- in one day you know yeah I know Ben's pack
2: he can take his pretty
1: much his whole pack off and uses a day pack I can condense
2: mine down and do a day pack you know it they're really versatile so yeah,
1: yeah. that's so that's that's All definitely that. something to yeah. look out for yeah. then if somebody's in the market for for uh looking for a good elk backpack so
2: tenzing makes a great piece of
1: equipment i'm happy with them yeah yeah definitely all right so uh bigger game bigger processing needs did you guys have to up your uh cleaning knife arsenal
2: <laughs> yeah we're bringing some <laughs> knives that's for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> anything anything. <laughs> no I'm just pretty much bringing our whitetail knives we've used for years so they should do the trick
1: gotcha no that's 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 good because that could save somebody some money you know i i guess i would have had the miss the misconception there that i would i would need a, a bigger knife but maybe that would just be so i could convince my wife that i you know just needed a bigger knife so. <laughs>
0: Well, you can't you can't yeah. have enough knives. So you never you don't need much of an excuse to get another knife.
3: You know? <laughs> That's <laughs> true. I,
0: you know, I've had that for
3: years. <laughs> yep.
0: No, I
2: I use a uh, Gerber, the Gerber Vital. You know, the interchangeable blade one, and then I have a fixed blade. Mm-hmm. Uh, another fixed blade. Gerber, so it's about a six incher. Yep. Don't need anything massive. Now, do you guys,
0: would you guys bring bring like you know bone saws and, and whatnot as needed as well, or you know what, what about that side of things?
2: uh i know ben's got a bone side i don't think we're going to bring it into the field with us i think we'll
0: just individually yeah. cut the meat out
2: if we need to cut ribs you know so yep, yep.
1: yeah definitely nice uh, that's awesome what about um do you, i imagine you're probably just going to use your same whitetail range finders but uh, i mean hunting an area that is so much more vast than the the North woods that I assume you guys normally are in, you know, I imagine some like ag too that you guys hunt up in Minnesota, but yep. definitely more trees than what we have here in Iowa. Um, yep. did, did you guys have to get new range finders that could reach out to those thousand plus yards just so that you could, you you know, let's say you see like two small, two small separate herds, and you're trying to decide which one to go after, or, you know, maybe you're, the wind is more favorable for one, and you need to know how far it is, or are you guys just gonna use what you use for uh, normal whitetail season?
2: Uh, We're just gonna use what we use for normal whitetail season. I just purchased a Vortex Impact, and I think that goes to about a thousand yards. Okay. And has something similar. Yeah,
3: you know, it's a uh, halo. Yeah, yeah. That's. Yeah, I didn't know. Now, now, need- speaking of. <laughs> Again, then, saving money. No, don't need to buy all And those- on
0: that side of things. You guys, do you guys have like a a spotting scope that you're taking out and that type of stuff as well?
2: Uh, since we're going to be doing mostly running and gunning, gunning, you know, bugling, hiking, bugling, hiking, we're not going to mess with the spotting scopes. We got binos, and I think the binos will be pretty adequate. So,
3: okay, nice bringing it though. (laughs) Yeah, we'll bring you know, if
2: we want to, you know, drive the truck around and you'll glass some open spots, we'll have a spotting scope in the truck for sure. But we're going to carry our binos on us,
3: sure.
1: Now, the last bit of gear here that we got to talk about because of what Fly True Productions is all about, the camera gear. Is that kind of like weighing on your minds a little bit? Like, okay, we we got all this hunting stuff that, that we know we got to have to have a successful hunt, but we have this additional hurdle here of dealing with all the camera gear. What's What's kind of your plan for all of that?
2: Yeah, that's been a big concern of mine, you know, carrying thousands of dollars of equipment up a mountain, but uh
3: keeping it dry Keeping
2: it dry is my biggest issue. Um but I bought rainflies for my stuff. I'm using a uh, Sony A6400 for all the main footage and then we both have GoPros for like all the B-roll. Sure. Yep. So, yep. but yeah, we got I got a lot of dry bags to keep camera equipment in, but yeah, it's definitely going to be a hurdle.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I I didn't even think of the moisture con, you know, side of things that's a that's a big yep. concern so well i hope yep. uh hope everything uh, that way holds together for you and uh, man kind of for you know, obviously, you know, I I want my friends to keep their stuff in good shape, but uh, I'm, it's kind of selfish too because I'm really stoked to watch the uh, <laughs> the footage afterwards. Right. So, yeah. yeah, so you for better sure. haul that camera up the mountain, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we
3: are. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I'm I'm really I, this has got me so amped up. I'm ready to like run to Colorado right now, man. <laughs> but uh, this always guess, happens, Brandon. You know, we talk you know, to I these people, people and they
2: cost on West. I know the cost on Western hunting is a a huge issue for a lot of people, but like Ben and I, we've been saving for this for almost two years now, you know, if you put 60 bucks away in your savings account every month, like you, there's there's your elk tag, you know what I mean?
1: That's a great point. Yeah.
2: So anyone can do it. You just got to do it over time and, you know, don't feel like you got to go buy the most expensive gear, you know, right now, you know, just use what you got it. Yeah. Anyone can go do it.
1: Yeah. Great tip. Yeah. Great tip.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, honestly, curious for you guys too, like what are you doing on the, the food side of things, you know, in terms of you're backing some food in, is there somewhere close that you're able to swing by to, to grab stuff if you need it, what's your, what's your plan on that side of things?
2: Um, Well, what we're going to do is, you know, pack a bunch of lunch bags, you know, put everything in a Ziploc bag, like a sandwich or whatever with a candy bar, yes. jerky, stuff like that for our lunches. And then we'll have dehydrated meals for our dinners. Okay. Sure. Nice. House or peak, whatever.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's.
2: Right in the belly.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you gotta. <laughs>
2: yeah, you... is a major concern. You gotta, you gotta keep your body fed when you're at that kind of altitude and hiking as much as you are. You can get dehydrated and things can go bad really quick.
1: Yeah, that's another good point. Right. Uh, right. I didn't even think of water. So, Colorado mountains, especially in September, that can be a pretty dry place. Are you guys? Yep. Do you guys have to pack in a lot of water, or have you identified some? some uh water sources that you can you can get to and and uh hopefully filter some water what are you guys kind of thinking that way
2: we've seen a few water sources on the maps but you can't really count on that um but sure. yeah we carry a water filter and anytime we find water we just put fill our dirty bags up and we can keep hiking we just throw them in our packs and then we have water so we're always mobile
1: nice yeah and what that'd be a good thing to talk about here for gear what what'd you guys go with for uh a water filtration system
2: we both went with Sawyer, I believe. Um, oh, I got no, LifeStraw. Ben's doing LifeStraw. I'm doing Sawyer. Uh, the Sawyer is a great filter. It goes quick and it, it's very affordable. I think it was only like 30 bucks at Walmart, but yeah, oh, they work nice. great.
1: Nice. Yeah, I've done some some water filtration <laughs> stuff for actually up in your neck of the woods, up in uh, the Boundary Waters and had um, a couple can, canoe trips I've done up there. Yep. And, yeah. uh, and uh, then uh out in montana you know we've we've uh had to filter water out there too so that's a that's a again one of those things it's kind of like one of those hidden details that you really gotta you really gotta plan for because if anything's gonna get you fast it'll be de- dehydration like you're saying with all that hiking and sweating and and everything yep. else that and you don't
2: realize it until it's too late pretty much
1: yeah and out there it's not right it's not like the humidity of the Midwest where you know, your clothes are drenched in sweat because it's so dry, you know, your, your clothes are probably going to be pretty well, pretty well dried out. You know, you're not going to really feel like you're sweating, but, but cause it's evaporating yep. so quickly, but you, you truly are losing a lot of fluid. So.
2: Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's one of the downsides with having like the wicking, you know, hunting mm-hmm, clothing is you yep. tell how much you're sweating.
1: Yep. Yep. So that's a, that's another good safety tip there for someone planning that trip. Make sure, make sure, make sure you take care of your water. That's like concern number one. So yeah, that's, that's, those are good tips. Okay. So you guys get out there, you have all this stuff planned. You got your gear set up, got your uh, bows dialed in. You've been practicing for months. You've been working out for months. You've been dreaming about it for two years. You've been saving money. You got the vacation time off who gets the first shot
2: <laughs> rock, paper, scissors,
3: Just going to change out days.
2: Yep. Or, you know, we're, we'll change it out. Like if, you know, one of us is a shooter. If we have an encounter and that encounter goes bust or we get, we're successful, you know, the next person gets a shoot, you know, just switch off like that. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's a, that's another thing you, you really do have to get nailed down because, uh, you know i imagine with as much time and money that's gone into this trip that could become a uh, that could become a heated moment for even the best of friends when <laughs> when uh, the, <laughs> no, the
2: like, time comes i always tell ben like if, if ben shot an elk like I, I would be ecstatic that that's what we're both working for it's our dream so that that's my elk too you know we're a team yeah. so
3: yeah yes yeah.
1: yes that's the right that's that's the absolute right way to look at it
0: yep Well, and and that's really cool, too, because, you know, when you're, we've we've talked about this many times before, you know, that amplification, you know, when you're doing it together, whether it's a family member, whether it's a best friend, whether it's, you know, whatever, it really amplifies things when you're there celebrating that together. And you really do feel as if it is, you know, both of you guys' harvest, you know, whatever, because it's such a team effort. And, you know, of course that goes even beyond when you're, you know, you're, you're, you're taking care of the meat, you're hauling it out. You're, you know, it really is a team effort. So to see each other succeed, you know, it's to see one of you guys succeed is like both of you succeeding. So it's really cool to just hear that perspective from you guys.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's probably a million things that, that, um, we haven't thought of here. And, and, um, you know, we're we're getting to the point here where we should probably, uh, probably uh, start winding this one down and there's so many other things i could ask you guys but a big thing that we as whitetail hunters have to be concerned about that's going to be a whole lot more challenging for you guys to be concerned about since you're camping and you're hiking in the same clothes all the time is uh the scent side of things are you guys basically just are you, well first of all are you bringing any scent control products with you or are you basically just going to rely on the wind to to try yeah, and...
2: yeah we just play the wind i have never really done the scent control thing even white tails you know i always thought you know if that deer is going to that deer is going to smell you no matter what they have greater noses than we could ever imagine sure so, sure so yeah it's just extra weight i don't want to pack in and I'm, we're just going to play the wind
1: yeah mm, yeah that's nice. that's 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 probably the the wisest thing to do in this situation and and uh, yeah, we have to, you know, kind of like you said, their noses are so good. We have to acknowledge that, and so just having that, almost like, almost like you're remaining under control. You know, you're, when you're you're stepping in, you can't let the moment get bigger than than uh, what it should be, and and think it through logically, and and you know, t- use your wind indicator, and uh, figure out where where the best axis is to get to get in close and get that shot hopefully so yeah, that's Absolutely. yeah that's that's great that's great well as we um I'll wind this one down here uh what are what are your goals and i'm gonna go ahead and start with with ben here and then we'll go to eric ben what's you know we we, we all know what you're supposed to say here right i just <laughs> hope for a good time and some great pictures and fun with my pal eric but what let's let's get a little deeper than that here for for you, Ben Anderson, what is what is kind of your goal through this trip?
3: Well, if we get home safe and sound, that'll be a great start. <laughs> yeah, and <to> have. <laughs> but my goal, I just just being out there, you know, experiencing a new thing, trying something different. Yeah, and getting close yeah. to a, just a massive animal with a bow—that's yeah. going to be. Hearing them bugle, send it a shiver down my spine,
1: yep. and I'm good. Mm.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah that's... I
3: don't have to come home with an animal as long as we have a, a, just a big bag of memories.
1: Yeah. that's. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that just being around the bugling of those elk is, is, um, <laughs> It's 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 worth the the price of admission, you know. Just just being there to, to see an elk being an elk is, is such a mm-hmm. special moment. So,
0: Eric, what about you, man? Now, what, you guys? Oh, sorry, Brian, I, um, I was gonna I was gonna ask. Yeah, no, I was just gonna ask if you if you guys, you know, and obviously one of the goals being to get you know an, an elk, and I know we talked about it a little bit earlier with you guys both having tags. If you did have an opportunity at, at a at a cow. Early in the in the you know time frame, would you go ahead and take that opportunity, knowing that you have the two tags, or you know what, what you know what you, what you guys thought on
1: mm,
2: that? hard
0: one. If it was early enough in the trip, I wouldn't
2: shoot a cow. That'd be kind of a last yeah. ditch effort for me. I don't know how Ben yeah. feels about that.
3: Yeah, it's hard to answer sitting here. Yeah, what <laughs> I would do. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, right, right.
1: <laughs> you know, one of the things
3: well, we're forward we hearing about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> you know, one of the things we we've even. I'm editing the the episode today. Spent spent a lot of time editing the episode that's going to drop this week. Um uh the 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 guy in that interview, Cole Young, who's who's just a phenomenal uh, white-tail hunter. You know, we kind of talk about it there if if you see something and you just like that that deer, you know, you just you just like yep. it, you know. Yep. Yeah, let it fly, you know. Yeah. And yep. and I think kind of like what Ben said there where it, it's hard to it's hard to say when when we're sitting here in our living rooms or wherever and and talking about yeah talking about the, these considerations and i imagine that that'll be a big part of it when when you guys are in that moment and you know who knows maybe it'll just be so picturesque and and you yeah. will have heard that bugle and you you know this you're just c- close in on that that elk and you start thinking about the meat and you're like you know what yeah. it's a cow but but it's you know i'm not going home empty-handed so that Yo, you know that yeah, that moment will you'll never you'll never receive a second of judgment for me on on whatever you guys decide in that moment and i know that same is true for brandon so we're yeah we're yeah. just stoked for you guys but but uh yeah. eric eric what are you thinking man what's your uh what's your deep uh eric uh Acre uh goal here
2: uh, my number one goal is pretty much just to live in the moment. Uh, these kind of trips, you know, these big trips can be extremely stressful, not only for you, but for your family, like leaving right. my wife and kids for 10 days. Yeah. Um, so my goal is just to live in the moment, enjoy everything when I'm out there. I filming can be a huge stress too, but I just, yes. I just really want to be there and, you know, enjoy with Ben. And, uh, if we got into even, you know, bowl range of an elk, that would, that would be a success to me. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great way to say it. Just get within that bow range and, and, uh, you know, get the, get, get that little taste of, I guess we can't really call it buck fever here, bull fever, where uh, the heart's (laughs) rushing and or racing and the adrenaline's rushing and and pumping. And yeah, that's, that'll be, that'll be, uh, definitely worth it. So, well, we can't, we can't wait to follow along. Um, can you kind of explain to everyone how they can, uh, tune in during the hunt is there a way for people to kind of follow the you know for lack of a better term here live progress of your adventure or um and then of course uh how can we tune in afterwards to to see the final product of the film production with fly true productions
2: yeah you can follow me and ben at at fly true Productions on instagram throughout the trip we'll be posting stories uh, so you can kind of get a day by day
3: and then awesome. after
2: we get back, we're going to be doing a bunch of editing, and we'll have our YouTube channel up and running by then. And then we'll put the series on our YouTube page as our first kind of series on our channel.
1: Awesome! I nice. can't, I can't wait. And the other thing that I can't wait for is uh, the second half of this whole uh, saga. We're going to bring yeah, we Eric. Definitely do it. Yes, definitely. We're going to bring Eric and Ben back in for um, episode two of this of the or part two i should say of uh this this incredible trip and and we're gonna we're gonna get a hear straight from the guys who lived it you know what went well you know what 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 they are glad they planned for what they wish they would have planned a little bit differently um who ended up winning rock paper scissors (laughs) (laughs) Who's who, sno- who snores more at night? You know all that. Kind of, yeah, who stunk all, the worst? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So, I can't wait, man. I'm I'm excited you really for get to know you. Guys. A person,
2: especially in the mountains when you're smelling them for you know 24 hours a day, <laughs> it tests friendships.
1: Yes, definitely.
2: You push the push the boundaries.
3: Yeah. Yes.
1: Ben will Ben will leave with a uh, new appreciation for your wife, probably when when this yep. one is is over but uh yeah. <laughs> but no that's 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 so cool that you guys get to do this trip it truly is uh you know it's, it's almost like a boyhood dream it really is you know and i think that's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's why all four of us guys
3: gonna do that are and then why not
0: yeah.
1: yeah yeah right and you know it's like that's why we're all eating up with it you know we 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 think we think back to those those earliest memories as as kids just staring at the field and stream magazine cover you know or or whatever and you know hey now now's the time now now is the time and and I I wish nothing but the best for you guys, despite how envious I am that that uh, uh you guys uh, get to go and I get to go to work. So <laughs> I'm just pleased.
2: Awesome, awesome so yeah, that's right,
1: that's right. And uh, and I have uh, I have some pretty pretty good uh hunting plans lined up for myself this this fall. So I'm I'm looking forward awesome. to that. But but uh, <clears throat> certainly can't wait to tune into uh, your progress on Instagram and then uh, the final product uh, uh, through fly. Pro- fly true productions on your uh youtube channel so yeah make sure you guys uh make sure you guys give eric and ben a follow um be tuned in for that trip um hopefully we can uh maybe even uh get uh some content pushed over uh onto uh hunt fish life or even uh, a first gen hunters page um and we'll you know kind of kind of uh share the stuff that that uh Ben and eric are putting together and and uh hopefully make every make it available for everybody who wants to kind of follow along and and see that and um and uh enjoy
0: you know honestly one and two you know what's cool about you know sharing these whether it's this podcast or or this adventure that you guys are going on is the encouragement for everyone man go out there and have an adventure you know what i mean It, it doesn't have to be to colorado it, it, it you know could be in your own backyard maybe you're brand new to hunting and your and adventure or maybe you're seasoned and you're like man how am i going to do this you know like these guys are doing. You know, plan it you'll know, plan it out you know hey 2023 or 2022 let's yep. you know let's do it you know and 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 start making those plans because before you know it you know life whether you're talking about hunting or just life in general i mean life clips by and unless you take the bull by the horns and you make plans and you and you have those adventures you know the, the encouragement is don't always be the person that's watching other people have adventures. Yeah. Be willing to engage yep. and have your own that's adventures. That's exactly right. So, why can't we do that? We can do that too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, I mean guys planning it and I mean making it happen and I mean memories that are going to last a lifetime and I mean regardless of, of whether you harvest something or not I mean it's going to be memories that will last a lifetime and I mean you know for all of us you know kind of being able to see that man it just it just gives us a greater drive to man I want to I want to make some adventures happen for myself you know I want to get out there with other people and, and see them enjoy it and all that so our hope is is that's an encouragement to everyone listening to get out there. Don't be afraid to extend your comfort zone a little bit. Don't be afraid to go somewhere new, somewhere different. Don't be afraid to ask, you know, a fellow hunter, hey, you want to join me? Like, hey, what do you think? You know, all those things that are really going to help us enjoy those adventures ourselves.
2: Yep. If all else fails, at least you still learn something no matter what. Yeah.
0: They're your yeah. public yes. lands.
1: Yep. Yeah. Can you say that part again, Ben?
3: I said they're your public lands too.
1: That's exactly right. This yeah. is, it's, the yeah. uh, it's the land of the free, right? And, yeah. and, um, uh, Land Tawny, the guy who, uh, kind of the, the main spokesman, I think he's even the president of Backcountry hunters and anglers. Uh, yep. I think it was, I think he was the one to say, there's nothing more American than our public lands. And when you really mm. think about it. That is so true. We can we can walk yeah. out the door, get in our vehicle, drive to the gate, and as long as we have a tag in our pocket and a hunting license, enjoy or a yep. fishing license yeah. or a, you know, a backpack, we can hike it, we can I mean you can birdwatch on these these lands. I mean, there's there the, yeah. there are lands. You know, it's not just that's what keeps it from just being a rich man's a rich man's pastime, you know, where, yep. where you have to own yep. all this private ground, you know, no, nope, we, as Ben said, it is our land. We get to, we get, we get to, uh, enjoy all that it has to offer. So yeah, take advantage. And, you know, I think I've heard the quote, you guys have probably heard it too. There will always be more reasons not to. So, absolutely. so you, you can't, you can't look at that side of it. You gotta, you gotta just make it happen. Take that step. And enjoy the growth and enjoy as as Eric talked about, just living in the moment and taking it in. And these are the memories you will never forget. These are the memories you'll pass down yeah. to your to your kids and they'll pass down to their grandkids when they're flipping through pictures, or in this case, watching old YouTube videos and, <laughs> and, and uh and you guys, uh
2: yeah. you you back then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep.
3: Yep. So
1: yeah, I'm I'm super stoked for you guys. and uh I'm I'm super stoked for all of our listeners to get to hear about this trip, but also uh, learn how to follow along with it and uh, even and watch how it unfolds afterwards. So thanks so much, Eric and Ben, for lending us your time. Can't wait to have you back on after uh, the conclusion of your trip.
2: Yeah, thank you very much for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it was
1: fun yeah for sure man that
2: hour and a half went by pretty quick
1: yeah yeah it really did yeah. this is brandon and i call this therapy we we uh try to record at least once every week and i tell you what you know start looking at all the other things going on in life you get to talk hunting for for a little bit with uh some other guys who are as obsessed with it as we are it's uh yeah it's a pretty special time so Thank you too, Brandon, for, I know we've had some technical difficulties getting your mic to work tonight and whatnot, but uh, I'm glad we uh, were able to figure something out. And as always, thanks for being here to ask all the good questions.
0: Oh my goodness, man. It was a pleasure. And man, we just go back to learning, enjoying, you know, when you can connect with, with brothers and sisters in the outdoors and, and enjoy just their passion for it and learn something. I mean, it's, we've talked about this before, you know, whether you're out in the woods or whether you're talking to someone who loves it, you know, there's always something to be learned. And that's really the journey, you know, that never ends. You know, we, we are all in a process of learning and we're thankful for these guys coming on and look forward to checking in with them again and looking forward to uh, continue to, to, make these adventures happen. Hopefully we continue to see the the listeners, you know, get out there and, and make those things happen and continue to learn as well.
1: Yeah,
2: absolutely. right. We'll on. be in
0: touch with you guys for sure.
1: Yeah, right on, right on. Thank you so much, guys, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you soon. All right. Yeah. Happy hunting. <laughs> thank you. Same to you.
2: All right. See you, guys. Yeah, bye Bye.
1: Well, it's happened again. I've allowed myself to get all worked up about going hunting, and I don't have any immediate means to act on it. A huge thank you to Eric and Ben. They have done a tremendous job not only selling us on hunting elk, but they've also done a great job educating us on all of the work needed to make it happen. It really is something that deserves a few years of planning, saving, and preparing. But if we do the homework correctly, we can enjoy one of the most unforgettable hunting trips of our lives. Best of luck to them on their trip. Be sure to tune in to Eric and Ben's. Instagram stories during their trip and don't forget to subscribe to their YouTube channel so that you can see the finished project and live the hunt along with them. I also want to thank Brandon for lending his time to join the show tonight. Please make sure you head to Hunt Fish Life on Facebook and Instagram and check out their website, thehuntfishlife.com, to find a bunch of other content as well as the store where you can get all sorts of hfl gear to rep please also subscribe follow and like all things first gen hunter on instagram facebook and go wild we'd also greatly appreciate a review if you could leave one for us that helps us out tremendously but for now it's time for you to focus on kicking off your own 2020 fall hunting season and while you do be sure to take care and take someone hunting